the leadership for the opportunity to lead to this conversation. I believe I'm not preaching, right? Yeah. I'm just leading a discussion. Yeah. So we are looking at cancel culture. Cancel culture. Um, it's a very interesting um, topic. You know, looking at the flyer, we say loving the world without becoming the world. So when we look at cancel culture, even though, uh, you know, you will see that there's so many social movements we find around you know, in, in our current age. Um, I don't know if anybody can give me an example of a social movement, something that, that trends, you know, online. LGBT, Black Lives Matter, Matter and everything. So, you know, cancel culture seems to be one of those things, you know, and it has various forms and shades. But what we see is that uh, the act of cancel culture is not something that is new. In fact, it is natural to humanity, something that has been there, you know, from the, from the Bible times. And, you know, that is going to be the basis of, you know, we'll start from there and we'll see, you know, how it is relevant to our times and the various forms that council culture uh, takes. You know, what I see is this, you know, council culture, if we may define it, seems appears to be, you know, that practice of withdrawing support for someone or demanding that someone is punished for something that we feel is, you know, wrong, you know, based on our own perception. And well, we might actually be right, but, you know, because of what we see that somebody has done wrong, we now feel that we demand that the person is punished or sometimes it can even take, a, you know, more severe forms. And, you know, even to the extent of, you know, uh, you want the person to be banished. You don't want to see the person in the gathering of, you know, uh, well, maybe believers. So it takes different forms. And um, like we had mentioned, you know, there are so many examples of uh, 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 cancel culture, you know, even in our present times. You see people who, for statements they have made online, you know, there's just a backlash. People even report them to their employers and some of them lose their jobs because of, you know, the backlash. And you know we are in a very we are in very interesting times because because of the advent of social media and instant messaging, it's so easy to spread message a message you know like wildfire you know within a relatively short period of time. So because of this, we see that council culture can be see some can be seen as something like it takes the form of a mob action where people just decide and adjust against someone. And we see that in the church, the church can also manifest, you know, this uh, council culture in the sense that, you know, we see somebody who has, in quotes, fallen based on our standards. And we just feel that the person should, not, should no longer be a part of us. And especially in these times, you know, we are in a, a time where youths are being profiled, you know, you can imagine someone coming to church and has tattoos all over the body. I don't know what the perception will be, you know, in our hearts. Some, some of us are liberal. Some people would have started judging the person. You know, there are different things, different ways. And maybe I'll just want to give us a few minutes to just give examples of what you perceive as council culture in our present time. Just a few examples, maybe a guy and a lady. Want to go first? I think we 
Can you hear me to stand up? Ah, cancel culture. Okay, like, okay, like maybe in a church setting where maybe a young lady gets pregnant outside of marriage and she is, you know, cast out and, you know, scorned at and treated like, oh, you should have known better. You should have done it because hers is visible to the eye and they just be like, you know, you don't belong here. And that, just that scorn generally given to her as a result of her actions. Absolutely. I, I believe we all agree with that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. There was, let me just give you an instance. There was this copa that was posted to my office one time and he was having dread. He locked his hair. <laughs> I immediately went to the HR's office. They're like, no, there's no space. In short, there's no even space at all. <laughs> you know, I, I think, okay, he might be a good person, but because of the dread and everything, he was, so yeah. But I'm, I'm still expecting another perspective. Do you, be, do you think that believers ourselves, we can be victims of cancel culture? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Also? Okay. Okay. So, when I was when I was doing my masters in in Lagos, I was in like the people that were around me. It was typical to when there's a little break, you know, you go out to a lounge or go to a club or just chill out and stuff like that. But that has typically not been my scenery. But then I was scorned that for being for not eh? yes for being different. In fact. I, I found myself being weird for making my own, for saying this is how I would, I don't consider fun to be loud music and drinking and all of that, but rather I have my own idea of fun. So for not subscribing to the idea of fun, I was scorned that I got cancelled. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Thank you so much. Okay, so yeah, that, that's uh, very apt, you know, um, for standing out, you can also be cancelled you know, as believers. And, you know, we are in uh, times where it's not just enough for you to do your job, you know, in your workplace. You should also be seen to be, to accept inclusion. For instance, you say, um, if your belief is that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman till eternity, they will tell you that you are homophobic, right? That means, you know, there's a word for those things. Or you believe that, uh, conception believes begins from uh, I mean uh, life begins from conception that means you're anti-abortion and in fact they just tell you that you're anti-women that women have a right you know and then there's you know all forms of uh, of um, of beliefs and so it's more like a dilemma for we as Christians that in these times that we are where the world requires conformity that we should be conformed to many things that are happening around us, you know, but we still want to be able to stand for God and say that, you know, this is, I believe in God. And, you know, these are the things that, this, this is my stance with respect to some, some issues. So I had an experience uh, recently. So two experiences. So on LinkedIn, I saw my sister making a comment, you know, to support a colleague to a senior director in our organization who was getting married to a man. Then a few weeks after, I saw another senior person in our organization, a woman who was getting married to another woman. 
So I just saw her, you know, uh, uh, maybe I'm just assuming her name is Sarah. Oh, well done, Sarah. So we, I now went to the family chat group and I went to tease her that I'm seeing you, you are supporting, um, you know, said, Ross, that we have to, that I'm an head of human resource. I have to support inclusion, you know, and stuff like that. And then recently also, I was having a conversation with a friend and then she felt that I used a very strong word against um, um, LGBT. I'm sure we know what LGBT is. And because she stays in New York, she was like, no, my keyboardist in my church is, is, uh, is gay, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. And then the long and short, she canceled me. And <laughs> so, so I was canceled because she just got angry and, you know, she went on and on. And then, you know, I just left it that way. So we, we are in times where, you know, we, we want to stand for Jesus, but at the same time, you know, um, we still want to be able to um, call people to correction with respect to the way that they should live their lives. And um, I want us to read the scripture. You know, uh, let's open the Bible to John um, 8. Just to give a typical, you know, example, you know, that depicts the dilemma that we as children of God, we are in. You know, um, let's look at from... Um, verse 3 to 11. John 8, verse 3 to 11. Verse 3 to 11. Yes. Then the scribes scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Praise God. So we see that that Bible story is a classical example of the dilemma that we are in, you know, even in these present times. Jesus was in a situation the, the Pharisees, who are the typical counselors, you know, in the Bible, they counsel everybody because they feel that, you know, they are the righteous ones, they know the law and, and everything, you know. But Jesus was in, in this scenario. A woman was presented that she had committed adultery. If you should tell them that, you know, yes, yeah, stone her to death and everything, it, means, it meant that he supported their manner of judgment, that, you know, Anybody who has sinned should just be condemned. But then, the other way is that if he had told them that, ah, no, leave her alone, then they will tell you, this is against what you preach as the son of God, that, you know, you should live in righteousness, holiness, and everything. And then, but what did Jesus do? Jesus, that story talked about Jesus writing on the, on, on the ground. You know, we were not told what Jesus was writing, but 
you know, different accounts or a theory was that perhaps he was writing the sins of the people that brought her to, the pres to their presence. And when their own hypocrisy was flashing, you know, before them, every one of them began to walk away. And Jesus told her that, you know, he would not, he would not condemn her, that, you know, she should just go and, you know, she should not do that again. And that is, that is just a classical example of what God expects from us as children of God. You know, we have received grace, the same grace that we received. You know, uh, by, the Bible talks in Romans 5 verse 8 that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it is by grace that we are saved. And as children of God, we are not supposed to be conformed to the way of the world in the manner and, and in the manner that the world just condemns people. Even when people, people, you may be right for calling people, you know, to want to hold people accountable, but there is a way to do it in love. And that is what, you know, that is the basis of what we should, uh, we, that is the way we as children of God should see, should look at council culture. That as children of God, we are supposed to draw people to Christ. Let them see the transforming power of God. Because what is the basis of the gospel? The basis of the gospel is redemption and transformation. That is just the basis of the, every other story we tell. You know, oh, do this, do that. Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. We are just trying to draw people to Christ. You know, you know you were, this person was a sinner but does not sin again and now has a relationship with God. That is the basis of redemption. And we cannot preach redemption and salvation to people that we have cut off. So that is one thing that we need to bear in mind as children. If, if we look at the Bible, can we think through those people in the Bible, if they were in this present time, that would have been cut off, and give examples why they would have been cut off? There are so many examples in the Bible. People, Paul, right? What, what was his sin? He was a murderer. He was a murderer. Yes. You know, he, he, he persecuted believers and, you know, he killed them. But then he still had an experience. And we know the, the great things that God did through Paul. You know, there are other examples of people who, Jesus himself, even in telling people that is the way, is the truth, is the light, they would ask him, who are you to compare yourself to God? You know, so even Jesus was counseled, and that is why he was even killed. You know, so there are so many examples. Looking at uh, David, King David, the man that was called someone who was after God's heart. God said, he's a man after my heart. But when we look at David, David, what did he do? You will see that the experience with he committed adultery and then he didn't just stop at adultery he still committed murder and you know he killed Uriah that's Bathsheba's wife uh, husband you know and if David was in our time definitely is a is a candidate for cancellation but we know that David was still used of God there are so many examples too if we think through it you know looking at the Bible also we talk about J Jacob, what was Jacob known as? His name, supplanter. He was a deceiver. He skimmed his way through so many things, always trying to outsmart, you know, 
manipulate to get it to have his way but and he didn't even stop as that he also showed favoritism right leah it was the husband of leah right and rachel and then he showed, he showed favoritism to rachel and then even her children that should be joseph and benjamin but you will see that god still used him you know he's recorded as the father of the 12 tribes of israel and there are so many examples as well you know in the bible of people um, who would have been um, counseled if they were in our present times so it just goes to show that beyond our failings and our weaknesses god can use anybody so and we as children of god we are not supposed to stand in the way of god you know about you know uh, about to truncate god's plan for that individual so we might have people around us who for one reason or the other may not be conforming to what we perceive is right as children of god maybe we are right perhaps we are wrong but there is a way to speak you know the truth to them you know in love and you know that is what we are expected that is what is expected of us as children of god to speak the truth in love to let people know that you know for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but christ died for us and the ultimate objective of christ is that everybody will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth you know so that is the that is that, that is the disposition that we should have as children of god and when we look at council culture, you will see that if we could describe the characteristics of council culture, maybe if, we, if anybody can mention what is the characteristics of, of council culture, what happens when somebody is counseled? Judgment, Judgment. Condemnation. condemnation, stigma, exclusion. exclusion. And you will see that more often than not, those judgments can be rash judgments very quick to judge and then without even getting the full information you know about the situation and as children of god we are supposed to be slow to speak we are supposed to listen before we come to a definite conclusion about any matter and you will see that council culture also does not give room for redemption even if somebody has fallen so you know an example is for somebody okay you tell somebody that oh you know what your 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 diet is whack you are a nutritionist you are just eating junk food and you stop there what are you supposed to do as a nutritionist what kind of food are you supposed to be eating right so that you can have a better uh, you know a better health or you are a coach and you just keep condemning your players oh you don't know how to play you played rubbish, but then there's no place for training that, oh, for and practice so that they can be skilled to do better. So those are the issues with cancel culture. It does not give room for to get better, for the person to turn away from, you know, that heal or that wrongdoing to do the right thing. And, you know, as children of God, we should not be seen, you know, in that light. Let's open to the Bible to Colossians 3. 
verse 12 to 14. If you are there, please read for us. Three. Three. Yes. Twelve to fourteen. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, harmless of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Praise God. We spent some time looking at the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. How does the fruit of the Spirit apply to council culture? Does it correlate with counseling people, the fruit of the Spirit? Let's give an example. Just pick one and just contrast it with council culture, patience. So how does that co contrast it with council culture? When... when when um, someone is not doing something that is aligned to nature or aligned to everybody's rule and and Jesus help me and <laughs> okay when someone is not doing something in alignment with nature yeah. or the rule some people will just because they lack patience they will just condemn and instead of them repenting, they do the worst. In summary, like, lack of patience sort of makes us cancel people, right? Yeah. Okay. Another example. Love. Love. Yes. The Bible says love covers a multitude of wrongs. But when we see one wrong and if we have no love. So if you really care about me, you know, let me just be practical. If you care about me. So the first day you see something that maybe I do wrong, you're like, why did she do that? My God, you don't start a movement immediately against me. So you are willing to say, ah, what happened to you? What happened? You know, you're willing to find out because you, you believe that something better can come out of me. But if there is no love in your heart for me, the first mistake I make, you go for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ma. Any other example? Okay. I don't know if this one will count. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say. <laughs> okay, so self-control. If you have self-control, well, another person's business will not be up and at door, be your headache. So you mind yourself and mind your own business. You're not going to be choking mouth somewhere else. So, <laughs> so, so I agree with self-control, but it shouldn't really about not choking mouth. I think it's in the manner an approach you know in doing it so self-control should just make us you know not condemn people so my own actually to add to the love as mommy kj said there is this a court there is this quote by mother Teresa, which says that if you judge people you will not have time to love them if you judge people you will not have time to love them yes absolutely very profound 
No, thank you. So, um, I want to put this in aspect of uh, our daily um, activities. Maybe you're in a business, you're in an office where your boss or members of the department, you are being frustrated or necessary. And maybe you are doing your best and they feel like they are being jealous of your best you are doing. So, but when you exhibit the fruit of the spirit, long suffering, you forbear, you endure, you endure it. And it got to the extent that they will ask that, ah, don't you know we are doing this to you? I know, but at oh, least I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that will in turn make them change their attitude or their bad habits. Okay. So I'll say goodness. You've noticed the council culture has a mentality. It's like you're looking at a checklist of wrongs, like looking at what they are saying. You see, yes, we've got to, yes, yes. So he said this, so that's why he's now homophobic, and that's why he's anti-feminist, and that's why he's and he'll always do this and this. So you're looking at the you're looking at being you're being bad, you're being you're you're like growing evil in your heart, so you can't just like grow good in your heart because you're always looking at the wrong, looking for the wrong and stuff. So that's okay, thank, thank, thank you. Do we have any other contributions? Okay. I feel like this cancel culture thing goes very deep because when we speak of, I would say this, some communities like the LGBTQ plus community, what they use against the church is that maybe they were formerly in the church and the way they were treated made them to get the ideologies that they have now. My cousin was telling me about the church she attended as a child, her parents' church back then. They would walk into the teen's church and be like, okay, if you are still a virgin, sit this way. Jesus still loves you, those kind of things. If you are not a virgin, then just kill yourself. So, <laughs> so all those kind of, and these are kids, literally. So those mentalities are given to them. Like, okay, uh, if I'm not, like the church that is supposed to be taking them and helping them to understand that you are still loved is pushing them away, then they would go to find that love somewhere else and get confused. Praise God. Thank you all for your contribution. So, you know, uh, you know, we are just so on point with respect to the references that we have made. You know, just some of the things that I put down here, about the characteristics of council culture. You know, we say, I said that um, it is reactionary, quick to judge people, you know, and, you know, it's against the Bible's admonition that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger, not jump into conclusion. And there are, of course, there are Bible references to support that, you know, and it's vindictive. It seeks to, to take justice. Oh, he has said this. We want his head. So we just go into the comment section of somebody and then we just start typing, you know, and things like that. Well, there's, there's a petition, oh, online petition. petition. You just start oh, writing an online petition or something. And people have lost, you know, their, their jobs. Do, I don't know. I mean, I didn't confirm the story, but do we recall some guy that killed himself because he was accused online of, yes, of, rape. of rape? You know, even though it was a lie, you know, but... You know the backlash and everything the guy just couldn't take it and 
because I know I saw some somebody likes an anniversary. Yes, very recently, a young Nigerian guy, I think a tech guy. Yeah, yes, during the lockdown. So a girl came online and just said, "Oh, this guy raped me," and then people went for him, and then the guy just killed himself. <laughs> so, you know, you know, um, we we should not underestimate, you know, how far people can go with respect to, you know, cancelling people, you know. So uh, it's something that we need to be very uh, careful about. It relies on mob justice, you know. We just want his head. And when Jesus was faced with the mob, what did Jesus do? We saw what Jesus did. So that should just be our, our own reaction to when we are faced with a situation where we, we are required to condemn someone. We are supposed to give the person grace and you know basically that is you know what is required of required of us it means misconception about um uh, council culture could be church discipline am i right we just feel that oh in discipline people we are canceling them that's just the right thing to do you know this is the way to discipline someone who has sinned or done something wrong and then we banish the person from our midst. But, you know, it is absolutely wrong. The Bible is clear on how to discipline people, how to correct people in love. That if somebody has done something, you confront the person one-on-one -on -one and give the person multiple opportunities to repent even before judgment comes. That is what the, that is what the Bible laid down with respect to correcting people, you know, in the church. So... Church discipline is not the same thing as council culture. We don't counsel people because we want to discipline them in church. You know, we have to follow the tenets of the Bible by giving those people multiple opportunities to restitute and to change their ways by calling their attention to what they might be doing wrong. Because people really, you know, the, 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 the call, the admonition not to counsel people is not to uh it's not saying that we shouldn't hold people accountable but we are just saying that the way it should be done is that it should be done in love we should follow the example of jesus who gave people grace people jesus interacted with people who were counseled at that time zacchaeus the tax collector you know there are so many people mary who washed his feet you know we've given examples before but there are so many examples even the the thief at the cross you know, so there are so many examples of people that we would have counseled, but Jesus interacted with them. And we should always see people from the, from the highs of redemption, that our interaction with them should be towards drawing them to Christ. So, for instance, you know, my, the personal example I gave where I was talking to someone in New York who I believe was a Christian, and I felt, oh, I could say, LGBT people are depraved people. And then she called me out. And then, so I got angry too that, Madam, we are Christian. Why are you angry that I said LGBT people are depraved? But I corrected myself before I got to study about this topic because I just went to that come. We can agree, we can disagree on the subject, but we are still friends that, you know, there's no, you know, no love lost. So I corrected myself a few weeks ago by just, you know, letting her know that, you know, I'm sorry about the backlash, you know, and, and stuff like that. So we just need to be careful because what happens is that once you have caught the line, 
you've cut the person off. There's no opportunity to bring the person and restore the person. Because true, by keeping the line open, you might still be presented an opportunity to minister this, you know, the gospel of truth to that person. And which is the ultimate objective to draw the person you know, uh, to Christ. Uh, I'm sure some of us, we have unfollowed people. Have you, have you unfollowed anybody online? You have blogged, you have, you've reported accounts. So we, we, we are all guilty of, of cancel culture. I mean, and you know, you can follow someone, you know, the, because of algorithms and stuff, you can follow someone and the person's content will always bring nonsense to your feed. You know, you can follow someone for those reasons. You know, I noticed there was a time on Twitter, maybe because of some account I was following, you'll just be seeing the kind of nonsense that will be coming to your feed. But the moment I unfollowed those people, it just became clean. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, so we are not saying that you should keep following someone that is bringing things that would cost you two to four. So we are just saying that we should just do things with grace. You know, the same grace that we have received, we should extend it to others. And um, I just want to leave the floor open. Maybe some of us, we have experienced cancellation or we have also been guilty of it in the past. Maybe you just want to share your thoughts and tell us, you know, how you pass through that stage or if you are still there. Thank you. Let's start with our cameraman because... So for me, it's um, when I first came to the fold, I was glad to be counseled. Like, I advocate to be counseled. Like, I know that there are some things that my old friends, my old circle are all about. And because, you know, I don't know, probably. Probably the next, our generation will do better when we evangelize to people. We let them understand that grace is real. You didn't hustle for it because as much as that is being preached to us, there is still that mentality. So when we come to Christ, probably most of us, we cancel people out, like primarily, like if you listen to secular music, we are not, you are not somebody I can relate to if you do this or do that. So at that point for me, I was practically just counseling everybody. I wanted, I, I, I took it like, like stars. Like if I had counseled somebody that, that watches this particular kind of content, then I would get a crown for it. Like, <laughs> but growing in faith, I've seen differently. And in fact, these days when I meet a gay or somebody that is the essential orientation, they are still confused on who they are. I just feel like, okay, you would, you would come out of it. I would not be the one to, but I would let you know that this is where I stand. But because you are that does not mean that. But if you are making some, <laughs> I, will let you, I will put you in your place. So, so I have a friend that is, is uh, more of a thinker and He's finding it difficult to even settle for one religion. So he, read it, he reads about a lot of religion. So one day we're having a conversation. And like what you said about leaving the channel open, I think it's very important because we are still the ones they will come back to when they need answers. So he was talking about 
what would what do I what would be my judgment about females that were born with the men part? Like the amount that the people that are born like that. How do you want to like let them know, okay, if we say it is male and female, there are no in betweens. What are your judgments? Or what would be your straight line on somebody that had never for like 25 years of their life felt attracted to the opposite sex before? They just feel attracted to what would be your are you just going to like say no? That is the demon inside of you or something. That people need to be given that grace. You just have to let it. Because we can go on to quote the scripture that says that even homosexuals will not make heaven and all that. And the line gets very blurry and blurry. When you do more research, you might even just want to hang that topic. And I think that's what the church is doing. Like, we don't even want to talk about it. We, like, it doesn't exist. So we just hang it and keep it somewhere. But meanwhile, that is what is going on. Like, you are saying the keyboardist of a church is a gay and the church is aware because they come out and say they are gay people and all that. So it's for us as believers to, number one, just let that grace be like inside of us first. You know, the Bible also advises us that those that bring people back to righteousness, you should be aware so that you don't fall for the same thing. So we should just let grace first. I've been counseled in my home church. I'm from an Orthodox church. I, when I started, when I felt like, okay, I want to do music, I'm a rapper, I rap as a hobby. So, sorry my contribution is taking very long, but I'll just try to wrap, uh, to wrap it all up. At that point, I was not a Christian. I was a church goer, but I was not a Christian. My dad was a deacon, is a deacon and all that. So, I left the choir because they never gave us chance there. If you are not good, good, you cannot, you are cancelled. So, I left with the mindset of, I'm going to show you guys that I can do music. So I went and I started doing music. And most of the church members are using my songs as their ringing tone. So I felt, okay, that's, whenever we cancel people, especially in our generation, they go and become giants and they start oppressing us. I think that's what happens most of the time. So when I came to Christ, before then, growing beards or trying to have swag or all those things were cancelled in the church you cannot your pantras has to have gator in front and all those stuff mm -hmm. so that made me as a person feel like i'm not i don't think christianity is what i want to ride on but when i saw people that left the channel open lecrae for example when i saw the guy preaching christ and he was all swagged up why not why can't i be a christian so that brought me closer and now growing, I can now see through the lines, oh, this is what the, the missing link that was out there. So now in my home church, some Sundays, I intentionally use studs. I wear studs on Sunday and chains on my neck because the ministry is targeted at prostitutes, gangsters, and all that stuff. You can't go there with your suit on. You will not be given the opportunity. But when they see that this is not what keeps me away from Christ, it bridges the gap entirely. So I just want to say grace will help us to not to use council culture to our advantage because it exists. It's not going anywhere soon. But we can use it to the advantage of the kingdom. Praise God. Precisely. Thank you very much. And you know, just to add to what you said, you know, let me, just to share is an experience. When I was in university as well, University of Ibadan. I, I, I was in University of Ibadan with my younger sister. 
So when she got into University of I got to school ahead, though we were running mates, GSS1 up till we're in the same class because she jumped classes. So when I got in school ahead of her, then she came into the University of Ibadan and then number one, we were Baptists. My mom is a deaconess in the Baptist church. Then she started saying she's going to one fellowship like that. You know, Vessels of Honor Foundation. <laughs> where, 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 you know. There, I remember there was a time my mom came to carry all her trousers on campus. That's, why are you wearing trousers? Unfortunately for her, I was the passive good boy. Because me, I would go to the Baptist church. I would do everything. I was so conformist. Even though I was sneaking to another fellowship, you know, Victory Christian Fellowship. So, you know, those days in Ibadan, they would say there's, there's Casco Fellowship and there's WhatsApp Fellowship. Mm -hmm. So she was going to one of those WhatsApp Fellowships. But because of, you know, they were wearing trousers, then unfortunately for her, she now became the president of a dance group. They call them Factor 1493 uh, from Psalm, <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 149 verse 3, praising with the dance. So they used to dance in shows and everything. Then you'll be in the show, they'll say, see your sister. She's the best dancer in, in university. But it was all church. She was even a pastor, you know, in the fellowship. But my parents didn't see it that way. They just kept, you know, seeing it that, ah, you know, this one is... And because me, we're supposed to be our elder brother, I was so conformist. I was going to Baptist church and everything. So look at your brother, this, 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 this. We are just looking, you know. So, but when you look at it, she was just a good person. She didn't do anything wrong. You know, after a while, they realized themselves. I remember the day they came to meet me. You need to look for another church. You can't be coming to Baptist church with us. Because, you know, because they themselves felt that they were just stuck in the Baptist church. And, you know, they are deacons and deaconesses. They were committed but they felt that you could do better outside so they are the ones that are suggesting ah do you know this church around the you can go go and try this church so but they realized then my sister she would take my younger ones and take them to pastor bimbo dukoya's church then so my mom would just be so angry that what exactly is this girl doing they weren't following us to the baptist church so you know just looking at it you will see that for her she was cancelled you know in the family but you still have to give people grace because at the end of the day, she didn't do anything wrong. It was just a perception that she was missing her way. But then she, she was still a believer. You know, I remember then she was the one driving a fellowship bus on campus, you know, doing a lot of, you know, things that people would just look at your sister, look at your sister, you know, so... You know, we need to give people grace, you know, at, at every stage in life. So I, I'll still give the floor to other people to, to contribute. Uh, hallelujah. Something that happened, not to me directly, but to, when I went for my master's in outside the country, I is a, a non-English speaking nation. Okay, so I was looking for an English speaking church. So I went to an American church. And it was kind of like an international community of people that spoke English. Now we had, you know, this, I mean, foreigners are more into music than we are. So we had this amazing, um, it was a guitarist thing from the United Kingdom. And he would lead, 
you know, the worship and heavens will open. So one day, the guitarist went in front of church and said, instead of leading worship, I'm gay. Now, in my, that's, I did my master's 20 years ago. Okay, so you can understand. It's not uh, this LGBTQ community that is strong now. And the church wanted to collapse. That's the truth because you, how come you are flowing now? All of us were flowing with you in the spirit. Which spirit is this? You get it? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the truth is that the power in the environment convicted him. Do you understand? That day he came forward and he just had to speak up. But I want to say that contrary to, I saw the difference. Because I, I was brought up more or less in the redeemed Christian Church of God. There was love for him. You know, the pastor's an American and he just took charge. And he was not ministering for some time, but he was still in church. Now we are, there was love. I think that's where I understood more about the way, the, you know, the African gospel is veiled because of our unique peculiarities. There's too much poverty in this part of the world. So your first attraction to Jesus is always, he will give you money and he will buy food for you. Come. <laughs> Jensen. But in those places, there, there are food stamps. Jesus doesn't have to buy food for you. You come because you want a better way, a better form of thinking. So they begin to quickly work on your mind. And so they understand love more than we, we currently, I don't want to say we can ever understand. They understand love and they show it. I want to say that when you see somebody in opposition, contrary to what you believe, please don't let us like that cancel, cancel. You don't have to align, but show love. Because the guy, it wasn't a hostile environment, so he stayed in church. Do you get it? And we're like, okay, how is, he going to be, how is he going to recover? How is he going to come out of this? He became a church project. It's not like, oh my God, we cannot deal. No, no, no. You know? It was a church project. He's one of us. So what, how is he going to recover? So I want us to adopt with, with this is a new generation. Don't let us do it the way the older people did it. When we see somebody, we will see people that are different from us. It's even more evident now. Let us, let us know, let them know. I love you and there's a way to change. If somebody has made a mistake, who is, who is infallible here? Nobody. As long as you are human, you can actually make a mistake. That's the truth. So if you've not had the opportunity to make your mistake, don't think too highly of yourself. Okay? That's the truth. Some people have not had the opportunity to make a mistake because they come from very sheltered environments. So don't even think you are too much. You are actually not too much. But just look at the other person with love. So I want to encourage us that love in our heart will prevent us from cancelling people. And also, if you are a victim of cancellation, over to our speaker. Thank you, Ma. So, you know, those are very classic examples, you know, of, you know, um, cancel culture scenarios. You know, it's very important that, I mean, it's understandable that our background, you know, makes our disposition to some things very aggressive and hostile. But we just need to know that love is very important. And, you know, it was good that we spent time looking at the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, long self, you know, self-control and everything. The fruit of the spirit is very essential to help us live the way God wants us to live. And it would also help affect our relationships and the way we show love and minister grace to people. So it starts from us. The, you know, how to address cancel culture starts from us. It is 
the relationship we have with Christ that we will reflect to the outside world. Because for the example that Mommy Kiji gave, if the church was hostile to that young man, he would have just gone. And that would have been his soul lost. And we all, we all, we, we all, I, I know we, they don't need to ask us what God preferred. God preferred that man to be in church and so that his soul will be won, you know, at the end of the day. And that is the way we should also see it. So we may be faced with situations where people are just different from us or people don't believe and conform to the things that we believe in. But we need to show love. We need to show kindness. You know, from that passage that we read in Colossians 3, 12 to 14, meekness, humility, knowing that even we ourselves, we are not without sin. You know, if God revealed, you know, our secrets as well, you know, how many of us can really stand? So it's very important to, you know, to be mindful of the fact that in dealing with people, we should always deal with them with the mindset of redemption. This soul must be won. And a soul will only be won if that person is shown love. The moment we cut the line, you know, we... we we, we, we burn the bridge, then there's no opportunity to minister to that person, um, you know, any longer. So maybe as we round up, maybe we should just, um, I want people to just suggest how can we, what should be our reaction, just practical steps to cancel culture? What are the things that we should do as children of God? Just quick points. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. I wanted to say something after Praise the Lord. I wanted to say something after mommy. Okay, I was brought up in an Orthodox church. Like in my church, hey, the dressing code is very serious. You have to dress covered as a woman, as a lady, as a baby. Like you put on your hair tie. <laughs> so I, I was opportune to fellowship with one of the foreign church here in Abuja. And when I entered, when I entered the church, the, there was this lady that said, please, can you assist me? Like I should give her a hand to climb the staircase. And she was putting on a short gown that it was too short. And I was like, no, no, no. And, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not happy here. I'm so sorry. And I, the, the bad part is she's even the president for the youth fellowship there. Uh, okay. She felt bad. But I was like, oh, sorry, this is my, it's me. But later, when I spent much time with them, I discovered that they didn't know they didn't know it was wrong to wear a short dress to church no like yeah they, yeah it was like it's normal it's normal for them to do that and okay i had this um situation one time i i was on my page on facebook i was just viewing something and i saw one girl putting on g-string and bra he just she just snapped it and i was like really i added her up and quickly she we started conversing i didn't even i didn't even say that i should 
I didn't even say I should just make friends with her. Straight up, I started telling her, Madam, who be your mama? You don't understand. Why will you dress like this? You don't have a senior brother. Or you don't have elders in your house. Why will you post something? It's, it's too dirty. And immediately she, she threatened me and she was like, Me and I do babe, I will look for you. <laughs> I have to I have to report her and all these things. But later I, I now discovered that all those things I was doing was so so wrong. Because these people they just need little love to be corrected perfectly. I was opportune to I was opportune to talk to someone. She she dressed so so open. And it was a Sunday, a Sunday morning, and I was like, "Hi, you look good." Her hair was different, so I was like, "Hi, you look good." You're like, "You on suit telling me I'm look good?" Okay, thank you. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." You don't go to church on Sunday, so like she don't have she don't have church, she don't have time. I'm like, "Okay, why don't you maybe get closer?" I I would just say, just look for any church around. I don't give specific church for you. Like, why don't you fellowship there so that you could just enjoy the church thing? Same to me, a street boy, but I love God. So, you know, I gave her confidence that even with her wrong deeds, she can still love God. And to God be the glory, she's she's really functional in the church now. Praise like, God. Yeah. So, so, you know, one thing he said there is that his first approach was condescending you know, attacking her, you know, uh, you don't have a mother at home or something, that's very condescending and disrespectful. And anybody you approach that way, the immediate response is to give you back, you know, just to attack you. And that means you have already cut off that channel and you cannot minister to that person again. But when he went with the approach of kindness, respect, you know, he got a better and positive um, feedback so that is the way we should we should we should always see it and you know things about you know your your perception about life is just about where you are now some things you've not been exposed to so you know also recently when when i i went to i went to kenya where my sister stays and then my mom followed her to church once and she was not like <sighs> so our church in our church so she had gone through a phase for almost two years. She didn't go to church because of church arts, my sister. So when I went to Kenya last year, I was trying to talk to her that, you know, you have to forgive, you know, and really, they really utter in church. You know, I, I know the story of how they really utter in church, you know, and it, it's about cancellation, basically, you know, so somebody did something wrong to her. Somebody that she showed love did something wrong to her, and then she was angry. But what would the church do? The church said, after all, the person has apologized. You should. Um... But she said, no, you are not holding this person accountable. Is it the person because the person is the pastor's wife? You know. So she had so many experiences, and for over two years she didn't go to church. So she she found a church later. So when she found that church, my mom went with her once, and then she was like, ah that it's not everything that is fire for fire that this church that even though half of them are wearing shorts that the message was still on point you know the worship was everything that ah, i like your church you know even though she wasn't she was skeptical about the church that she was going to 
but she saw that in the environment where she was, because most of maybe 80% of people in the church were Americans. So they just come casual to church, wear short knickers, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, we should always just give people grace and keep an open mind that what we see is just, you know, the surface. There might be more to why people do some things or why people appear the way they appear. And it is only when we keep the communication channel open that we can have a discussion with them, reason with them. And God can then give us the opportunity to uh, lead them to Christ. So just to summarize, we said that we as children of God, we can be guilty of council culture. At the same time, we can be victims of council culture because people can persecute us for our beliefs because you stand for Christ, because you, you, you make your stand known about, you know, different things in, in, you know, in this present age. People can counsel you. We should, persecution is in the Bible. We can be persecuted. So don't, let us not think that persecution is a wrong thing. So even when we are persecuted, we should just know that God is with us and God will see us through even when we are being counseled for standing with Christ we will know that God is with us. And, you know, there was a reference I saw. You know, somebody wrote that you can serve God and Caesar. And there were examples of people that looking at Daniel, even though he was serving God, he was still a ruler of the earthly kingdom. Nehemiah, cupbearer of Caesar, yet he was, he was the governor of Jerusalem. Esther was the wife to Caesar, yet he was the protector of the, of the children of Israel. So... There are so many examples in the Bible of people who were in the world system, but yet they serve God. So you can be in the world system, but that shouldn't stop you from serving God. What is important is that when, the, you, are, when you have to choose between the world and God, you have to choose God. So that should be your final stand. When you have to choose between the world and God, God is our final choice. So... And then it's not enough as we, as apart from speaking the truth, we also have to live the truth. When you are preaching to people, people want to see what you want to leave those values. So you can't be condemning people and then you are living the opposite way. So we as children of God, we should be mindful of the fact that as we speak the truth to people, we should also live the truth. So the things that we, we consider as inappropriate, we should not do it. Because then we lose our moral standing to be able to correct people and hold them account accountable. So is there any other person who has another suggestion of okay, thanks. Sorry. Okay. So I took off the mic. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, so um I, another suggestion or would I say a key thing that we can use to, you know, show love is through faithfulness as a fruit of the spirit. Now to explain. As Christians, faithfulness in this situation is holding, as in being responsible for your brother, being responsible for your brother's salvation. I am a testimony of prayer, of someone staying faithful in prayer for me coming to the knowledge of Christ that I now have. I have struggled with an addiction from when I was small to adulthood before I gave my life to Christ. And I saw how without anybody telling me this is, I had always known this is wrong. It wasn't news to me, but there was nothing I could do about it. 
you know, but I saw firsthand how prayer changed. Like, prayer created a hunger that made me, it wasn't, it, it was almost automated. Like, it just changed everything. So, it's rather than always, you know, it's easier to say what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing, you know, labeling, labeling, labeling. But if indeed we have love that we claim to have, then your knees should not go weary of praying for your brother. That is the greatest way you can show that you love someone. That is the most potent way. So even when you cannot go outright to your friend who is queer and say, oh, you're, you're wrong for being queer. The Bible says this, this. While you're smiling and shining teeth, in the place of prayer, you, are, you, are, you have torn your clothes for this person. That is how you show you love that person. And I can promise you, one way or the other, that prayer, that person will come back somehow and you will be there rather than just opening your mouth to say oh because sometimes the I, I was in a situation where i was i had a very queer you know close friend and he told me the same thing that it was a church that chased him away and i was just here i was trying to explain to him and i was just explaining too much there was just so much english i mean so i knew that it was like labor of fools that's what they call labor as in i was just talking he was just looking at me, me, I was looking at him, he said, I was suffering. But then, <laughs> you know, because, and, and it's similar to like, I would say an addiction where someone feels like this, they know, you're not, you're not telling them something new by telling them that what they're doing is wrong. That's why it's easier to be with the other side that is not persecuting them. So rather than be afraid and just call and say, oh, let, let me mind my business. Let me not talk about it. That, no, you're even, you're even, you're putting that person in a much worse position. But to show that you love that person, then just, Pray for them as pray till you see it and i promise you like their life will change your life will change i'm a testimony to it praise the lord absolutely thank you <laughs> praise god uh, my own is a question and um i believe like my question is based on discipline and cancel culture now there's a place in proverbs i think 23 verse 13 it says withhold not discipline from a child and i believe that like that child there should not only be physical child like even a believer like a baby believer we that we are growing there's a place for discipline so i really want to understand how do you balance discipline in the church and cancel culture because i the, the church i grew up from because I was even using style to part my brother. If you do, if you do something wrong, it's from that altar pastor will call your name. Call, I don't want to mention the name of the church. They'll call your name and then they'll say, our brother has fallen. <laughs> they'll say, our brother, uh, wait, sorry, wait, say, our brother has fallen. So they'll give you a seat at the back, suspension. So maybe sometimes three months, depending on the weight of what you did. So now, to them, now that's discipline. But that's actually leaving something like a scar. In. So I really want to understand, uh, because there's a place in First Corinthians chapter 5, when the Corinthians church, there was immorality, that a man was sleeping with his mother-in-law. And then Paul said, how come, like, you people are tolerating somebody like that? And Paul said something that, till today, I've not understood, and I'm happy that we have ministers here. He said that, that kind of person, you should deliver him to Satan for destruction. I don't know if anybody yeah, has come across that. First Corinthians 5. He said, deliver that person to Satan. So I really want to understand, how do you balance discipline and cancel culture, especially in the church? 
to dance. Do you want to go first? Okay, praise the Lord. Yes. Okay, you want to say something? No, no, go ahead. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, when, I, when it comes to <laughs> praise the Lord, I want to say the first thing about discipline. Discipline should be in love. Do you understand? Now when you, because this is a family of God, I'm a mother. No matter what my children do, no matter how grievous I think this is, the heart behind it is still love. I want, it, I want you to get better than this. Now, different churches, different things, different perceptions you know, in life. But the key thing about discipline should be love. Now, there are some things you cannot punish a baby Christian. You can't, really. Do you get? In the sense that a new, a new Christian that is just come, that does not know left from right. There are some things that are expected of me that somebody else, it cannot be expected of that person right now because I have been longer in the faith. Do you get now? Sometimes we just apply these things overboard. That's why we have a lot of hypocrites in church. A lot that if you if Jesus will bring out what they are doing, <laughs> praise the Lord. Oh, <laughs> nobody may come here on Sunday morning if Jesus will bring out what everybody is doing because people will rather just cover it up because of how we behave. Now, let there be love. Definitely, there must be discipline in church. But when I see I must not discipline somebody to the extent that I drive them away from Christ. Now, Apostle Paul was an apostle. You know that uh, Apostle John would not say that. Would he say that? No. no. Do you get? Yes. There's the, you know, this Christianity thing is a thing of balance. Now, God gave different people different reasons for the church. My part in the church is not your part, not necessarily. There is, uh, there, we are a consolidation of different parts to make the effective running of the body. So the way Apostle Paul will see the matter is not the way John will see the matter. And then what I know about sin, those kind of sins, is that it actually destroys the flesh. It weakens, you know, this morning I was reading about, um, I was reading a book in Genesis, I was reading the book of Genesis, some chapters, and I saw that dying going back when we were created we were not created actually to die Do you get when the body was made from dust it was the cause that brought you will return to dust now that is sin sin finishes the body it is whether you want it or not it is what is going to happen to the body now you will also see that those people because of the perfection in which they were made they were living close to 1000 years 900 years you understand that the body was but uh, as time went on now somebody will be having a, that it was normal for people to have babies that's 130 something well look at the before genesis one uh, now 130 has left earth so sin weakens the body by nature weakens the flesh by nature so those things will naturally happen but apostle paul he was not he was like a fiery disciplined minister of god you know he had a sharp uh, argument with who was it when Peter, then Barnabas, and so he said he would not take him with him in ministry. Then after some time, he said, please bring John Mark to me. He's a blessing. You understand? We grow. We grow. So the, the Bible, the recordings of the Bible are over a period of time. In his latter years, he may not be us. You understand? <laughs> but God will give us more wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to say something? Okay. okay. Praise God. So as he was saying that before, 
with the cost of preparation, I had to go through some content online, you know, just to develop content. And then bringing it back, let's use the family setting as example. No mother counsel their kids. Even, let's say, Whiskey's mom is a pastor. She will never say because Whiskey is now like king of the secular music people, say, I'm going to say he's not my son anymore. Or the story of uh, T.D. Jakes, daughter getting pregnant and all that. Families will not cancel each other. Why? Because we already belong. I think what is wrong in the council culture and different from discipline is that it is done to people that they don't belong to your sect. They, you don't have the same orientation about something. Their own thinking about something is different. So when they come out from there, you just outrightly place it on there like, no, this is wrong. Let's take that on a part. The second part is that discipline are for sons. Discipline are for people that knows. In fact, I was reading somewhere in the book of Romans where it's saying that uh, God's kind of paraphrase, God's judgment is based on because you know. How do I place it? Because you are aware of this now. That is what the judgment will be based upon. That God judges those that uh, the dispensation of people that did not know this stuff, when it's judgment day, it will not be that God will now say, hey, because you don't know, it's none of my business. I already said it, I said it. But because you know, you're a Christian now, you know what is wrong, what is right, by the uh, virtue of the Spirit. When discipline will be applied to you, it will be applied to you based on, do you know? And reflecting on that response before I picked up the mic, I went back on why they were telling me uh, the things the church was trying to discipline me for. I didn't know that I wasn't a believer. It does not concern me. So if you are trying to like discipline me, I take it as counsel. So the two looks the same, kind of. So if I don't know and you are trying to judge me based on that, I will take it as counseling. But if I know and you are speaking to me, I will feel like you are trying to discipline me. I think that that is the way I, I can face it. Okay. Okay. Matthew. So can, okay, Matthew wants to say something. So we can round up this. Somebody wants to say something? Yes. Okay. Good evening. Uh, attending to what he said, the question he asked about discipline and the council culture. To me, and it took me to a book of uh, this. There is this book written by Ben Carson, The Big Picture. He actually talked about himself as when he was just in his early school days, he was very dull. But his mother, she never, for the love of her mother, she never wanted. It's not what she wanted of her, of her son, but she found that that's how he is. The mother didn't counsel him, but she encouraged him. That's the discipline to me. At least in a day, read your books at least once before you go out to play. And she always encouraged him. You can be better, and you can be the best. And to me, and to discipline and to counsel, to me, is different from discipline. 
To cancel is to condemn someone, and there is no love attached to it. But to discipline is to correct person, and you see love in that. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you for the very wonderful contributions, and you know, um, you know, just we are, we are summarizing. You know, the the discussion has been very insightful because this is a very relevant topic that affects us whether directly or indirectly and um, so the takeaway is that as children of god we know what should be our worldview about the council culture we as children of god the council culture undermines the redemptive work of christ and for us our objective is that everybody will come to the knowledge of the light of the truth so as children of God, we are supposed to extend the grace that we have enjoyed, you know, when Christ died for us, while we were yet sinners, we should extend that same grace to other people so that even in correcting them, we can correct them in love. And we also we should also be mindful of the fact that even when we have to stand for Jesus and we may be persecuted, but then God has promised not to leave nor forsake us. At the end of the day, he's going to be with us and he's going to see us through. I pray that the grace to live the truth that God will grant unto every one of us in Jesus' name. The grace to speak the truth in love and with grace, God will grant unto us in Jesus' name. And the grace to extend mercy to others, just as we have enjoyed mercy, that God will grant unto every one of us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.